Hello again, and welcome back to Fire Emblem Film. I hope you enjoyed our previous thread of episodes on the sci-fi genre, and the first two instalments of the new Top 10 series. Today I return to the genre series setting up a new thread of episodes based around the action, crime and thriller genres. I'll be honest, I'd not considered crime to be its own genre until it came up on the film studies specification and in the screenplay guidance. I'd always considered crime to be a sub-genre of the action or thriller genres. So this episode will discuss the crime genre in the first instance, but also refer to the action and thriller genres, looking at some shared characteristics between the three. So just to be clear, crime is one of the named genres on the GCSE specification for film studies, and an option for the non-exam assessment. The action and thriller genres will be referred to in order to fully explore the capabilities and fluidity of the crime genre. Films in the crime genre generally involve various aspects of crime and its detection. Stylistically, the genre may overlap and combine with many other genres, such as gangster or drama films, but also include comedy and in turn be divided into many different subgenres, such as mystery, suspense or noir. Action is a film genre in which the protagonist or protagonists are thrust into a series of events that typically include violence, extended fighting, physical feats and frantic chases. Action films tend to feature a resourceful hero struggling against incredible odds, which include life-threatening situations, a villain or a pursuit which usually concludes in victory for the hero. Advancements in CGI have made it cheaper and easier to create action sequences and other similar visual effects that required the efforts of professional stunt crews in the past. The thriller is a genre of fiction having numerous overlapping subgenres. Thrillers are often characterised and defined by the moods that they elicit giving viewers heightened feelings of suspense, excitement, surprise, anticipation and anxiety. Thrillers generally keep the audience on the edge of their seats as the plot builds towards a climax. The cover-up of important information is a common element. Narrative devices such as red herrings and plot twists, cliffhangers, are used extensively. A thriller is usually a villain-driven plot, whereby they present obstacles that the protagonist must overcome. To discuss some generic conventions then across all three genres, characters you tend to see things like police officers, detectives, judges, killers, gangsters, lawyers and politicians. Settings, you get courtrooms, rural towns, iconic cities, police stations, interrogation rooms, offices, banks. And themes, heists, gangs, drugs, corruption, morals, protection and punishment. Specifically for the action genre, they tend to be high budget with a lot of stunts, a lot of car chases, the antagonist maybe being in control, a damsel in distress, lots of fights, and the old classic of a motif, so maybe a musical score or a specific piece of aesthetic or cinematography that tells us that the protagonist is either nearby or on screen. So some key conventions for us then, starting off with a bit of a joint convention, is authority, as previously mentioned. So these are detectives and then you get the villain, which is usually a criminal. Now, every film needs an antagonist and a protagonist. Common knowledge would dictate that in a game of cops and robbers, the cops would be the protagonists, and that the robbers would be the antagonists. The crime genre can often flip that on the head, especially with the use of crooked cops. Thrillers often showcase a metaphorical cat-and-mouse chase, with the extremely intelligent villain always being one step ahead of the detective. One of the most popular conventions in the crime genre is the use of organised crime, so things that we would associate with the mafia or gangsters. This framework organically allows the film to explore the relationships of those higher up the pecking order with those at the bottom and the conflict that may be generated there. 
For Thriller, you get serial killers. So the villains and the antagonists of Thrillers tend to be men who are either beginning to face a downward spiral or maybe already in the midst of a killing spree. I say the term men because I think it's very rare that you find a female serial killer being at the heart of a Thriller film. The benefit of serial killers in Thrillers is that we, the audience, are instantly able to fear the antagonist and root for the protagonist. In a crime film, we often see the getaway. So every job needs a getaway preferably without police attention. Some of the biggest action set pieces in the crime genre are reserved for car chases after bank heists or robberies. In a strange way, we often want to see what ingenious way the criminals are going to get away unscathed from each job that they do. And a final key convention for thriller is mystery. Arguably, the reason why the thriller genre is so well-renowned and successful is due to the mystery that it evokes. Often thrillers centre around one main mystery which can stem from what happened to the missing person to the extremely popular whodunit style of mystery. Keeping something secret from the audience is a well-practiced method of ensuring their engagement in the film, dropping in those enigma codes to keep us wanting to guess and keep us wanting to find out what's going to happen. So as always, I'm going to end this genre episode with a couple of recommendations. Films that I really like, that I feel like fall into the action, crime or thriller genres. Now I'm not going to lie, thriller is my favourite genre, so a lot of these films are going to be mainly thrillers. I wanted to kick off with something like Hot Fuzz though. Hot Fuzz is just a fantastic action film at the same time as being a fantastic comedy film. And one thing that's mentioned a lot about Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy is that weirdly, even though they're possibly intended to be spoofs or pastiches of the genres like horror for Shaun of the Dead, action for Hot Fuzz, sci-fi for World's End, they actually become a really good example of those genres themselves. So a couple of films that I've mentioned before, and I'm sure I've mentioned these before on the podcast, but I'm going to just whiz through these. Thrillers, some of my favourite films of all time. Prisoners, if you've not yet got round to Prisoners, please, 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 I urge you to go and watch it. It came up when I spoke about Denis Villeneuve. It's going to come up again somewhere down the line, especially when I get to my top 10 of 2013, because when we get round to that, I don't think anyone would be surprised that that is my number one film of that year. Shutter Island, again, another great psychological thriller. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. This is the American David Fincher remake that I'll be speaking about next week with Sam. Gone Girl, again, another David Fincher film. No Country for Old Men, which I don't think I've actually spoken a lot about on this podcast, but it kind of it came through to me at a time where I was familiar with the Coens, I was familiar with maybe that they were a little bit more comedic and doing a little bit more light-hearted stuff and then all of a sudden this thriller just came out from nowhere and I remember watching the footage of the Oscars that year where they'd literally just gone on the stage to accept Best Director Oscar between the two of them. They'd gone off, you know, they were going the way that they have to go when they're prize winners and then they were brought back on from backstage because they just then won Best Film for No Country for Old Men. And it's the idea of this cat and mouse chase but Javier Bardem's Anton Chigurh is the most stealthy, graceful, villainous cat, for lack of a better word, that you'll ever see in a thriller film. Old Classic 7, again, this will be on the Fincher chat next week, along with Zodiac. Uh, Lesser known one, Wind River, maybe something that I've mentioned before. Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen, about a crime that takes place in a, I want to say it's Alaskan town, but I feel like that's a bit generalising, so it might not be Alaska. Apologies if not. But again, that's a really kind of tight, well-executed, tense thriller about a girl who died and a girl that was murdered and them trying to solve that crime. 
Joker from 2019, again, you might consider it to be a superhero film or to fall under that bracket, but for me, it was more of a psychological thriller, and I know that there's been a lot of similarities drawn with early Martin Scorsese work, and again, that would, for me, kind of underpin it in the psychological thriller subgenre or genre. And then you get something like The Departed, the Martin Scorsese film, which to me, again, one of my favourite films, the idea of all the layers to it, the fact that you've got Matt Damon's character who is in with Jack Nicholson's character, who has then taken on Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who doesn't know that he's a police officer, while Matt Damon is a police officer, and they're trying to avoid each other, but while working for the same kind of precinct at the same time. Again, it's just one of those multi-layered narratives that I can just go back to all the time. A film that I mentioned when I did the World Cinema Special, The Raid. So, straightforward action film, brutal. The first one and the second one. The second one is a little bit more like a sprawling crime epic thriller in the style of Michael Mann's Heat or even Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. But the first one is more of a straightforward action flick. Harkening back a little bit to those old school martial arts films. But again, it's just a straightforward, solid action flick. If, for example, you like something like John Wick and you've never got round to The Raid, I can assure you that if you like John Wick, you're going to love The Raid. A film that has kind of fallen on the negative shoulders of its later sequels is Taken. I think the first Taken film is great. It's not, you know, there's nothing mind-boggling or world-boring about it, but Liam Neeson as a kind of kick-ass dad who's trying to find his daughter in an 18 certificate film, or at least one of the cuts is 18, I think it's the extended cut, or maybe even the director's cut, and again, it's a little bit brutal, but then it just gets watered down in 2 and 3, so that's maybe why people don't necessarily consider it as much, but the first one, give it on its own merit, it's fantastic. Collateral, Michael Mann's film from 2004, seeing a totally different side to Tom Cruise, with him and Jamie Foxx, just travelling around LA in a taxi while Tom Cruise is getting out and killing people. It's just that tension, it's that kind of bubbling over of, right, well, what's Max, Jamie Foxx's character, going to do next? How is he going to get out of this? How is he going to get past Tom Cruise's character? Is he going to be able to escape? Probably not, but I'm interested in seeing where this goes. Another film from the Villeneuve chat, so Sicario, Again, a fantastic, really tense piece of thriller filmmaking. That scene where they are crossing the border into Mexico, I use it in my teaching about talking about building atmosphere and things like that. And the students love watching it for the first time. They always click onto things, even the subtle things like, oh, a dog's barking because there's danger coming, Something, something's happening. So they can really kind of relate to that a lot. Another one that I mentioned in the World Cinema Special, so Parasite, again, that kind of really subtle and perfect multi-layered narrative, throwing back to Hitchcock. It's got a little bit of that kind of horror inflection that you tend to get in some thriller films, and I was just hooked straight away. There's a lot of films here that I'm talking about, some lesser known ones, Cold in July, which was a thriller that came out in 2014, it's got Michael C. Hall in it, among some other actors, I think Don Johnson's in that one as well, and... Again, it's a really straightforward thriller. Nothing kind of, you know, too flashy or showy about it. It was really kind of intriguing to see the story progress. The Iceman, the Michael Shannon film where he portrays a real-life serial killer. Again, that's quite a good one to look into, especially if you're interested in the true crime or real-life sub-genres, essentially, they're becoming. Triple Nine, which was a good thriller, action thriller that came out a couple of years ago. It's a bit of a slow burn. But I think that you've got a solid cast in there, you know, Anthony Mackie's in there, Norman Reedus, Woody Harrelson, Kate Winslet, Chiwetel Ejiofor, so a really solid cast, and again, some really good action set pieces in there. 
And then two that I would say probably would fall under my favourite film list somewhere down the line, but you've got The Gift that came out a couple of years ago with Joel Edgerton and Jason Bateman. I think Jason Bateman is a fantastic actor anyway, and typically before this you'd only really seen him in comedic roles, and then he, he came out, he did The Gift with Joel Edgerton, and it's all about Jason Bateman and his wife, who I believe is Rebecca Hall, but I might be getting her confused with somebody else, apologies if I am and recently married couple and Joel Edgerton's character appears he recognizes Jason Bateman from school and all of a sudden it just becomes this creepy stalkerish narrative that is really well done really well executed and then law-abiding citizen now I feel like this has got a really weird reaction to it I remember watching Laura Biden Citizen, possibly even at the cinema. It's got Jared Butler in it and Jamie Foxx, and I really liked it. And basically what happens... So Jared Butler's character, he's wanting revenge on the people that killed his wife, and as well as on the police officials and the other officials who then couldn't give the person responsible for the death of his family a appropriate kind of sentence and prison sentence and all that kind of stuff. So while Jared Butler's character is in jail, he's setting up all of these kind of, I suppose, Saw-style traps for Jamie Foxx's character and for the other police officials and detectives in the film and it's really interesting again it's got that kind of similar horror inflection to it but it just keeps spiraling and spiraling multi-layered narrative and you just keep wanting to watch more to figure out what's going to happen next thank you very much for listening I'll be back next week with Sam as we delve into the films of David Fincher for the next episode in our auteur series you can help support Fire and Film by following us on Twitter at Fire and Film by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash film and leaving a five-star review at your favourite podcast provider. Stay safe, look after each other, and I'll see you next time.